Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly podcast where two old internet vets talk about technology, the internet, where it's going to shit, and what we do to fix it. I'm Jason. And I'm Brian. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks, on Twitter at GOG Podcast, or on the web at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Or you can email us at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com, and now you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for Grumpy Old Geeks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode four, where... Um, the grumpy old geeks are somewhat winging it because we've had a bit of an interesting week. So. Yeah, it's been been a busy, busy week. It has been that extremely. And you got your uh, eye taken apart today. So. I, I did have a chunk cut out of my eyelid today, which was a very interesting experience. I don't recommend it to anyone, but uh, here I am. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not drugged out, but I'm definitely having the human body response of trauma at the moment. So a little shaky, but the beer's taking care of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Self-medicate. Yeah, Get exactly. That's the, I'm a big fan of self-medication. So I just want to do a little follow-up on the last show. Uh, when we were talking about Roger Ebert and Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, you'd mentioned Roger Corman. Yes. But it was actually Russ Meyer is yes. what I was thinking of. Yes, and that was, uh, I realized it as soon as I was listening to the uh, bits as I was editing, we got it wrong, but... Uh, that's what next episodes are for. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so speaking of next episodes, um, kind of had the habit of teasing our next subject at the end of our previous podcasts, and that has kind of turned into a bad idea because <laughs> we never stick with it. <laughs> no, we never so. do. Things change very quickly, and uh, so do our moods and what we want to talk about. So yeah. we're probably not going to do that anymore. Plus, we're also working on trying to get some guests in for future episodes. Yeah, we've got a couple of people that are going to be pretty stellar, I think. So No the plane, the plane this time? No the plane, the plane. Okay. <laughs> no, we do have some people coming up that uh, should be really interesting, and the topics that we're going to want to talk about are obviously going to be based on their particular interests or skills or what you know they're up to at the moment. So yeah, yeah, mostly old geeks like us, but with different uh, different day jobs. <laughs> yes, considerably different. I'm not entirely sure we can call a rock star drummer a geek, but uh, Mike Malinan from the Goo Goo Dolls, who will hopefully be joining us very soon, uh, is a geek and loves sci-fi and is uh, enamored with Twitter, so we're hoping to have him on to talk about these various topics. Yeah, so, so. Our, our social media will, uh, our social media episode will actually have other people that like social media and do it. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, day-to-day, I don't, I don't have to deal with that much anymore, so <laughs> if I don't have to, I don't, don't want to. Right. Well, I still do. It's not fun. I got burnout on LiveJournal, man, so, <laughs> so that's about as social as it, as it got. Well, hmm. no, I mean, you've, you were on Twitter. You were one of the first. I was one of the first 144 or whatever the number yeah. is that they were using. Yeah. So you can't exactly say you've been ignoring it. You just get in quick and get out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get in, see what the lay of the land is, if I can make money on it or not, and if I can't, <laughs> yeah. you know. Then you get out. Um, I'd also like to follow up a little bit on something. Uh, you, One of your loves, Fitbit, mm-hmm. um, you gave me your old one. Yep. Uh, and I've been trying it out for a couple of days, and uh, I'm quite fond of it as well good it's nice it's made me run up and down my stairs a couple more times than i normally would it's it's made me aware that i've sat around a little bit too much and maybe it's time for me to instead of making an espresso here walk down to the coffee shop and pay six bucks for one or whatever but yeah <laughs> and then walk around the block a couple more times to to work off work the espresso off. i just bought yeah yeah funny how that all works <laughs> circle of life <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I still love my uh, the new one. I got the Fitbit One. It's uh, it, for some reason it stopped syncing with my phone, but it still syncs with my Mac. Someday I'll go read the manual on it. But <laughs> syncing with a Fitbit and a Mac has just never been easy. I don't know why why they can't get it together. It's worked but, pretty well on the PC the few days I've had it. So yeah, that's good because I. I Basically, couldn't use that one anymore because it wouldn't sync. So now that it works on the PC, I'm glad. Right. Yeah, I've been uh, humping it this week. I'm like 20,000 steps over my goal. So <laughs> it's been beautiful out in the valley. So walking the dog a little more often. <laughs> write a little code, get up, walk around, walk around a bit. Write a little more code, get up, walk around. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, what we end up doing ends up becoming so sedentary that you have to you have to force yourself to get up and take a break. Um, not just for health, I mean, for mental health, I think as well, cause you can just go crazy if you sit here all day. Yeah. So. Yeah. You used to sit here all night, but now that, uh, I'm a responsible old adult, I don't do, <laughs> don't do all nighters anymore. Yeah. I don't do all nighters much anymore either. Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely become, um, a job instead mm-hmm. of a living, which is, I used to live, breathe and eat this stuff. And, and I didn't really have much, anything better to do. Sure. I'd pop out for a while and see some friends and, but I'd come back with a buzz and like, Ooh, I'm going to try coding now. <laughs> yeah. Those are always fun. To, the next day when you wake up and you're like, what the hell did I write? <laughs> uh, same with anything. I mean, music, because I, I write music as well. If I, I knew, you know, it's a bit like pool. There's that, or when you're playing pool, the, the game itself, not Billiards. a pool. Yeah. <laughs> Billiards. Yes. Um, there's that sweet spot of drunkenness where yeah. you're actually better then you were sober, mm-hmm. but then you go over that and then you're shit again. Yeah. 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 I have that with darts. <laughs> when I get the, uh, get the right amount of buzz where the board is spinning just at the right amount. So when you're off, it just, you know, <laughs> you, you start to fall. But yeah, I definitely know that. It's just when your brain turns, turns off the, the critical thinking part. Yeah. Because you're not overthinking your shot or your, your move. Yeah. You, you know? find this nice little sweet spot of, of optimal kind of disconnectedness, mm-hmm. which is great. And, and that's, well, not to turn anybody to an alcoholic, but I find that to be extremely useful for any creative endeavor. Yeah. So. No, definitely. And, and I think also now that we've been doing this for 20 years each, <laughs> back then it was, it was more of a, a discovery. You know, you're learning new stuff to, you know, get different things done. And now it's like I, I know my language backwards and forwards and can just write it. It's, there's not a whole lot of real discovery going on anymore. Yeah, nobody wants anything that's too different. I mean, there are certain... I mean, I wouldn't say that there are standards, even though people attempt to apply standards, but certainly there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's done websites, and if you get too innovative, then people are like, they don't even know where to go. They don't yeah. know what to do with your site. I mean, I think about Radiohead. I mean, it's an interesting site. I mean, I haven't looked at it recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've updated, and it's actually kind of normal. But, uh, you know, you go there, and... I actually really just kind of want to find out when they're touring or what the new album is, but it's all this fun, weird stuff. And mm-hmm. I, where's the tour button? <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to see the tour button on the navigation bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't checked out there, so I don't, I don't, uh, I haven't looked in a long time, so yeah, it may have changed, but, uh, for a while it was like click through 10 pieces of like bizarre, you know, graphics and, and weird text that mean nothing, but is really interesting if you're totally into Radiohead. That's, I mean, that's the kind of crap we used to do, like, early 90s, because mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out the medium, you know? Yeah. We'd just play around with it and see what worked and what didn't. and Yeah. yeah. It was a completely different time. Now it's, you know, every website that we look at kind of looks somewhat similar. Yeah. And uh, it's it's not as interesting as it used to be. I mean, certainly the graphics and, and whatnot is, is how you define yourself, but... 
the programming end of things, which is what you and I do, it's it's very similar for a lot of these sites until you find somebody who wants to be innovative, and then you go, well, nobody's going to understand what you're trying to do there. <laughs> Although, I mean, like looking looking at uh, well, since I'm, I'm a PHP guy, yeah, but more and more, it's all about JavaScript because you can do some really interesting things, you know, with, you know, real time. I mean, Ajax yeah. has been around for years, but yeah. nowadays there's some really cool libraries and people are doing really cool stuff with Node.js. Um, and I've been playing around with AppCelerator and Titanium, which right. is basically writing iPhone and Android apps with JavaScript. Right. So more and more it's all about JavaScript and learning that crazy syntax. Yeah, I'm still so. trying to catch up with that myself. I, I kick myself for not, uh, JavaScript's been around for ages, oh, as, yeah. as you yeah. and I both know, but the I never really bothered to learn it because I was focusing on server side and PHP mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah. um, you know, I started way back with CGI and mm -hmm. Perl. you know Perl and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I kick myself now because JavaScript has become de facto that is your basic programming language. Luckily, there are tons of libraries, and if you've got a base in programming, you can kind of figure it out pretty quick. So, but I really yeah. need to get up in my fundamentals on that. Yeah, same here. And um, oh, what was I going to say? There was, I was doing something this week. Oh, um, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Since we're back in, guys, what I've noticed lately is we're basically getting clouded, cloud engineered out of jobs. <laughs> I'm, I'm finding this a lot. Everybody's like, oh, we don't need a, a lamp guy anymore. You know, we're just going to spin up a cloud instance on Amazon, we'll yeah. press the little web server thing, and then boom, we have. You know, all the stuff that I used to sit there and compile Apache, find all the, yeah. you know, uh, dependencies, try and get PHP to compile, you know, and now it's just all yum or app get. And yeah, it's yeah, I, a lot of that stuff has just gone away. I mean, that's that's a lot of our economy now, though, too. It's as these things become kind of settled and standardized and these larger corporations, your Amazons, your Googles, whatever, um, they're providing pretty much top-notch services for basically next to no money. Yeah. Um, all of this stuff is just going away. Uh, we're seeing, I mean, you know, we're like becoming steel miners in Pennsylvania or something. It's yeah. just the jobs are gone. Yeah, I feel like, like <laughs> I was saying this week, I feel like a 65-year-old guy who was a welder for GM for, you know, <laughs> his whole life. And now it's like, oh, well, what are you going to do now? Well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I don't really know what to even make of it. I, it I was saying to, I think to you earlier this week when we were talking a little bit about it, it's like we've hit that point in Star Trek where nobody really needs to work anymore because everything's been automized or, you know, we figured out systems that deal with everything, but we haven't gotten to the point where the food and the shelter and all that stuff is free. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Or half it, in, half out. Yeah. There's not uh, a lot of jobs for certain, a lot of jobs are going away mm -hmm. in every industry. We've seen that, but particularly within our industry, if you're a server guy, there's not yeah. a lot of jobs left anymore. If you're a backend programmer guy, mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff is solidified and kind of done. And, and I think we're going to see that even with JavaScript too. Like we're talking about learning it, but then if you Google enough, like jQuery libraries and everything, everything that you need to do is kind of in there already. Yeah. You, you just have to be adept at finding it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, Our job will be professional Googlers. Yeah, well, <laughs> professional Googling is is a skill. It's yeah. a skill beyond belief. I mean, I watch people trying to search for things, and I want to, you know, I go to that <laughs> Saturday Night Live skit. I'm like, move. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. I know exactly what terms to put in to get exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, so that is a good skill, but uh, it's 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 something I'm 
struggling with and trying to figure out. I don't know where we're going with our economy and with jobs and, and with what people are going to do for livings anymore. We have too many people. Then we actually, and you know, you look at the creative arts, your music, your writers, your journalists, they're getting paid next to nothing these days too. Um, Because a lot of people are willing to do it for free or for next to no money, or they're doing it basically to promote some other project that they're hoping to make money on. So where's the work? (laughs) Where's the work for your average person who has a decent set of skills? Yep. I can't, I I can't answer it. Yeah. And I guess even the more disturbing part is no matter what skills you learned earlier in your life, if you don't keep up, you're dead. Yeah. Because whatever you learned is going to go away mm-hmm. and not be valuable anymore. I'm finding that out the hard way right now. I really am. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I mean, there's still enough work out there where I can find stuff. But it's not like it used to be. It yeah. used to be, I would put up on, uh, my blog or LinkedIn or wherever and I'm like available. And within 10 minutes I would have 20 job offers. Right. You know, back in, back in the heyday up in San Francisco, I couldn't, I couldn't go out the door without a job offer. Right. And now it's like, uh, <laughs> just crickets. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, a lot of, a lot of jobs that I would be doing right now within the music industry or with, with clients or whatnot, they're quite willing to just have an intern put up a tumbler mm-hmm. and that's good enough. Um, is it good enough? No, I would argue it's not. And for about 10 million reasons, which could be a topic at some point. But at the end of the day, it's good enough for the band. It's good enough for the management company. And, and that's all they're willing to allocate to it anyways. So end of story, I'm not going to get a job. <laughs> well, the one thing I have noticed is, that, okay, so I don't have to set up you know, my own boxes anymore and I don't have to compile stuff. What, I'm getting, what I've gotten really good at over the years is using the cloud-based tools right. that, you know, took my job away. So like I'm an uh, Amazon uh, web server or AWS expert. I can spin anything up in there, get it tightened up, load balanced, secure across the board in right. like two hours. Right. You know, so, I mean, there's, there's an upside to that. So you charge more for that. So it just, you can. it's a balancing. And with a lot of these things, because they're supposedly so easy and people who have no skills whatsoever basically go in and set them up and, and use them. The question always becomes, well, what happens when something breaks? Yeah. Because if you don't know what you're doing, when something breaks, you are fucked. Yep. I get a lot of those calls. <laughs> yeah. It broke. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's when you, what, that's when a good background means something. Mm-hmm. When, when, because you and I actually know this stuff, it means something. Yeah. Uh, so that's when we, I guess, go, oh, well, you want that fixed right away? That would be 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like being a generalist is kind of frowned upon nowadays. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants a specialist for certain things. But I think being a generalist still, it's like, when it comes to finding and solving problems, that background is, you know, it's super helpful and you're, it's a great commodity. Hmm. You just, people just don't get it. They, yeah, don't, they don't, don't realize that the experience. Point of it. Yeah, yeah, that that experience is worth something. And I agree with that. I've always been proud of being a generalist. I know a little bit about everything. I'm nowhere near a graphic designer. I have a business partner who has a degree in that and is a specialist in graphic design but i know how to open up photoshop and resize things and fit banners profiles and change Mm. colors and it's a useful skill so yeah (laughs) okay yeah i think i need another beer me too that was pretty depressing let's go
young teacher the subject of schoolgirl fantasy. She wants him so bad. Today's podcast is fueled by Stella. Not a very exciting beer or well, I mean I like it. It's my staple that I go to. But uh, I didn't go to my usual place and so my beer selection was a uh, not as adventurous as usual not so. as exciting no. but i hope you're enjoying it jason of course it's a lovely day here in venice under the flight path as usual <laughs> sitting out on the balcony in between sunny and warm so you can't complain it's nice and refreshing um so since we were just talking a lot about um jobs and education and um how our industry is working and and how some jobs are going away and other things are opening up and i thought it might be interesting for us to talk about how we learned how we do what we do. How did we learn what we do what we do? Well, oh, trial and error. Trial and error. Probably very different from the options that are out there now. But because uh, there are a lot of options out there now, it's it's actually never been easier for people to learn how to do things. Anything in in the entire history of the world. Yep. For free than it is right now. So uh, why don't we talk about about how we both learned our stuff, and then we can start talking about some of the options that are out there for uh, anybody that wants to learn. Yeah, I mean, my, my story is pretty straightforward. I, uh, when there were no HTML books when I started, we only had the spec, so we worked from the spec and view source. Yes. And it was too. also a much simpler, uh, simpler time in browsers. I, there wasn't, wasn't even the center tag when, when I got going. But there was Blink. Not yet. Oh, no, 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 no. Blink, <laughs> Blink was uh, when Netscape came around. We're all very happy Blink went away. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Yes, and then there was the marquee, I believe, in IE. <laughs> Yes, but it only worked in IE. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of my stuff was trial and error. I learned Perl the hard way, um, which there is no other way to learn Perl. I was about to say, <laughs> what was the easy way on that one? No, it was <laughs> hands down the, my least favorite language I've ever learned. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely me too. I, that's, um, I mean, obviously you probably had classes in BASIC back in school too. I've never, well. ta- I, no, I've never okay. taken a computer See, class. I, I did learn how to do BASIC back in like... Uh, junior high or high school or something like that. So. I learned I learned basic from the manual that came with it. All right. Because okay. when we got our first IBM XT, it had <laughs> with our you know MS-DOS books and everything, Right. it came with the basic manual. And I read that cover to cover and right. did some basic stuff. But. So I did some basic uh, in, in junior high. And uh, I think I previously mentioned I ran a BBS. Um, mm-hmm. And that was programmed, I believe, in Pascal. So oh. I learned enough, enough Pascal to be able to make modifications to the package that was distributed. So I could add cool things like spinning cursors and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I didn't, uh, once I was in college, that's kind of when you know, your HTML one standard came out and, and all that sort of stuff. And I, I did the exact same thing. There was no book. There, yeah. was, there was no resource online to learn it. I learned it by going and seeing the spec and by viewing source. If I found a site that did something I liked, I looked at the code to see how to do it. And, and that's pretty much how I taught myself. Yeah. And, Same, in, in the Perl stuff, I found a lot of other, other people's packages and stuff. So it's basically going through and just dissecting and going line by line. What does this do? What does this do? Yeah. And, you know, just reverse engineering a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm an autodidact. I don't learn from, don't, it's the, you know, the big 50 yes. cent word that I means know, wow. you figure Look shit out that. by yourself. I think I owe you money or something. <laughs> Just got to take a drink. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, I went to college, community college, for about a year 
took photography classes. That was it. I took one English class, got a D minus and said, well, I don't need to take any more of these. And then <laughs> everything that I've learned, I've learned along the way by trial and error and RTFM, you know, like I got a job once and uh, I had to use CVS, the concurrent versioning system. Right. It was, it was right when Subversion was coming out. I'd never used it. It was, um, and I had literally eight hours to the next day when I started the job to figure it to out, to learn it. Right. And I went home and sat down and learned it. Right. You know, it's, yeah. I, I think, I think it really helps to learn stuff when you actually have a, a real need. You have to have a goal yeah. to do something. If, if you don't have a goal and you're just sitting around and like, Oh, I should really figure out how to do this. You're never going to learn it. Um, if you've got, a reason as yeah. in like tomorrow morning when I walk into work, I have to be able to know how to do this. You will fucking learn it yeah. and you will stay up all night to learn it. I think that's how you and I learned a lot of stuff. I mean, I remember, you know, well, flash, what was the first future, future, Spla- splash. future splash? Future splash. When that yeah. came in, we were, I was working at a company and then, you know, they had somebody come in and teach us it and the basics and all that. But when they switched over to, you know, flash version one, um, there was no need to really learn it. It wasn't pressured by the company, but I found I was, I just found a project I wanted to do for myself. And that's how I learned it. I built this like spinning fucking, you know, globe in 3d and I put, you know, girl's picture in it. It was, it, yeah, it was for pussy, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, that's a powerful force to <laughs> make you learn how to do something. Powerful ass yes. goal, yeah. So I built something in it to impress a girl. And you need a reason to learn something. If you don't have a reason, you're not going to fucking learn it. And you're not going to put in the hours. And you're not going to stay up all night like you and I have done multiple times to learn a new technology. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that I learned is because I created, me and my girlfriend created a magazine. And most of the cool features were stuff that, you know, were kind of coding projects just to see if I could learn it. Yeah. But I had a a reason for it to be there. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not like, I, I think about it like this. I always wanted to learn how to cook. Yeah. It wasn't until my roommate left and said, okay, here's the kitchen. You're cooking dinner tonight. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And You're thrown into the deep end get, of the get, pool. Get in the mix. And then, yeah. you know, now I'm actually getting to be a pretty good cook. I enjoy it and I'm learning along the way. But when it was just me sitting around in my apartment by myself. Order a pizza. <laughs> not even. I'd go, I'd go to the, I'd go to the, uh, the corner uh, gas station, get one of those little sandwiches and a can of V8, and that was dinner. Oh, God, that's disgusting. I did that, I did that for 10 <laughs> years, man. At least I, you put vodka in the V8. Some nights. Okay. Some nights. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. You need, you need, um, you need outside pressure mm-hmm. to, to do anything. Uh, I consider myself an incredibly disciplined person. I mean, I've been running my own company and all that sort of stuff, and... I, I stay on things, but I still need outside pressure. Uh, if you don't have that, you have next. We're humans. We're inherently lazy. Yeah. We'd rather just push our pleasure center buttons beep, 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 <laughs> as much as possible without having to put in the work to do it. And you need to be forced to put in the time. And learning this stuff takes time. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of tools nowadays, like Code Academy, where people mm-hmm. can go and learn to code. But I, I notice a lot of people are learning to code for the sake of learning to code, not for, a, they don't have any kind of purpose. They don't it. want anything to build. They're just, yeah. And it's because yeah. it's, it's kind of a fact because everybody's making money. Everybody sees Facebook. They see all the money people are making on the internet and they say, Oh, I, I should learn how to code. Right. And it's like, well, are you going to get a job coding yeah. or is this, you know, like instead of 
going and mowing the lawn, you're going to sit around and learn, you know, JavaScript function overloading. I, well, it, it, I don't know. I don't know how, what the uh, ratio is of people that started to learn coding and dropped off. Because there was that big Code Academy thing that you were talking about. It was like yeah, 30 they did days the, the of... 30-day challenge of coding, which I thought was really interesting. And I even signed up for it because I was like, uh, you, you and I both know you have to keep up. And you have to refresh your skills. And I was like, oh, this will be a great way to do it. How many days did you get? Uh, three. Three. But then I got too busy with my real job. So I couldn't keep up with it. Um, and I didn't need to. There was nothing I needed to learn how to do that they were teaching me mm -hmm. now if there was some version of like the subversions and all that sort of stuff that was mm -hmm. the 30 day challenge i need to learn that shit because i'm behind on it that i would do the coding academy stuff was relatively basic i mean i knew all, i yeah. i know how to do that stuff already so yeah. for me it was just like i what the fuck am i doing this for when i have five client emails coming <laughs> in every 10 minutes so yeah <laughs> I, it's a different situation than yeah than, than what the that site i think is geared for yeah um, and I, I do think it's good that every everybody should have some basic programming, just know how. Yeah. Just because it's going to be more and more handy, you know. It's always going to be useful. Uh, there's no doubt now. I mean, even with all these free tools that are out there, you have the ability to at least do something special or different if you know some basic skills. Yeah, just the, the underlying mechanics of how programs work, I yeah. think, is even even useful. Well, it teaches you how computers work mm -hmm. which a lot of people think that they know because they sit there on facebook or twitter and you know they use their apps and on their phones and all but you don't really understand and again it goes back to what i was saying just a little bit earlier before the break everything's fine and dandy until something breaks yeah and if you don't know the basics or at least some understanding of the basics when things break you're fucked <laughs> where do you think where do you think a good place for people to go to learn some of this stuff is do you think it's just go buying the manual, sitting at home, reading the manual? Are there, like, you know... Well, I mean, yeah. I've, I've used uh, several online sites, like lynda.com. Yeah. I've learned... Uh, oh, what, what's that horrible CMS? Expression Engine. Expression Engine. Like, every now and yes. again, when I get a client with Expression Engine, I have to go dust off my, <laughs> my knowledge of that, and I go back and I find, you know, some tutorials I bought. Or there's, on, like, uh, Drupal. Which uh, is another horrible yeah, CMS, and it's just a nightmare. Which, But a lot of people, strangely enough, for whatever reason, a lot of people in the music industry seem to be fascinated with Drupal. It's a huge one, and I can't stand it, and I've had to do the same thing. Um, I, would, I, I don't think Code Academy is necessarily bad. If you go to their site, it's completely free, and that is, you know, Internet 101. Yeah. The absolute basics. It's, it's your hello world yeah. in HTML and you know some basic CSS stuff and all that sort of stuff it's a good intro for people who don't have any background whatsoever I personally love lynda.com I think that the tutorials on there are high quality incredibly well done by very good teachers um, the trick with lynda.com is like the google.com search it's, it's finding the right one for what mm -hmm. you need to do so that that's a bit different. Um, you and I had a little conversation before. I like printed books. Yeah. So for me, I, I would highly recommend going out and getting books. Go, you know, if you want to learn how to build a web page, go get your HTML book. Go get your basic CSS book. Go, or well, you should probably start with the basic basic of HTML, CSS, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, if you want to be a graphic designer, that's a completely different thing. Um, I don't know. You know, I like books. Yeah, so. no, books are great, but <laughs> I, when I when I've used a lot of these sites just in my professional life, it's like 
I need to know how to create a plugin for this platform. Right. I'm going to go find somebody who's written a how to make a plugin video. Yeah. And it's much faster than me going out finding the book, start, you know, going through yeah. the book, finding the relevant parts. I'm like, show me exactly what I want. I'll give you 50 bucks. But Done. you and I you are know. looking basically for surgery learning. Yeah. We're looking for one really specific thing mm. really quick because we need to do it right fucking now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I agree, I think online is the best for that because if you, again, go back to knowing your Google skills, if you know what to look for, you can find it. Like I just had that instance uh, two days ago. There was a very specific problem that I was having with some code about reading in from the API of both YouTube and Vimeo at the same time. And I was having an issue for something that had worked for two years, and then all of a sudden it stopped working. Then Googling is your best. And I found a resource and a video from the guy that had the same problem, talking exactly about how he solved it, and boom, done. I fixed it. So, And, and something else that we, we didn't uh, talk about before is uh, Stack Overflow. Oh, which is great the, site. If you're if you're if you're in a program or learning to program, even even pros, yeah. I, I use it almost every day for just something really obscure. Or- I would say ninety nine percent of the times that I have a problem, uh, and I Google it, the correct answer is coming from Stack Overflow. Yeah, and and if you don't know what Stack Overflow is, it's basically a place where programmers go. They put up a question. Mm-hmm. Hey, this doesn't work, and then other people can. Uh, submit replies to it and you vote on the the best answers yeah it's, yeah. it's just a wonderful knowledge repository absolutely fantastic it's if you kind of know what you're going doing go there yeah definitely because mm-hmm. it's it's programmers talking to other programmers about things that are going on right now and yep. uh, real-time problems because what the other aspect of it that's changed since you and I started is when we used to build our sites they were all self-contained yeah. We didn't rely on other people's codes. We didn't reply, rely on APIs. We weren't pulling in things from other people's sites. Now that's part of the gig. Yeah. And we don't control those things. Right. So all of a sudden, something breaks that isn't your fault that broke because something over there that you're pulling in from Google and then the API from this site all of a sudden is not accepting the code that you were using to pull it in. and. There's nothing better than Stack Overflow to like find the answer immediately. Yeah, and and one thing I want to point out is uh, something that I found a lot of people have kind of given up the ghost on is graceful degradation. Ugh. If something doesn't work right, fail gracefully. You yes, know? and that's gone, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I, I haven't seen very many good. It's like, oh, can't connect to the database. Just a little one-line attack. You know, it's like yeah. error, can't connect. It's like no, put up a nice page and. Send yourself an email to go fix the damn database, but a yes. lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gone. Yeah, a lot of that's gone. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really different thing. I mean, there are some great resources out there, and if somebody really wants to learn this stuff, there are fantastic fantastic places to go. So, yeah, I, I don't think anybody should learn to code anymore at all, just because <laughs> it's too much goddamn competition for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's an even larger question, which is, um, you know, if you're if you're sitting out there right now going, should I learn PHP? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I mean, first off, there are too many people that already know it. Secondly, um, that kid in India who puts up, a, <laughs> puts up a little post on the site will fix that problem way cheaper than you're going to. You're not going to be able to make a living doing it. So that gets into the you know crowdsourcing and uh, global economics, which is way more than we can solve here. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I don't... I look at 
companies like Facebook and Yahoo, they're all PHP based. Yeah. You know, and people who work there are making well over a hundred grand a year. So there are jobs. Yeah. No, no, there are definitely jobs. Yeah. But it's like you need to be a specialist and a computer scientist for yeah. a lot of that stuff. You gotta because, be super high end. Because the the economics of scaling to getting to scale, it's a hard pro it's a hard problem and a hard nut to crack. So these people are like mathematicians, you know, PhDs. actually explain scaling because I found that to be an incredibly difficult concept and I don't know if people really even understand what that is. Well, one server can mm -hmm. only handle so much traffic. Right. So you need more servers. Yep. To distribute the load across the servers and as you get deeper and deeper into the stack, you have specific clusters of servers to do very specific things. Like, you know, whenever I start a project now, it's always two servers and a load balancer. Right. Always, because <laughs> even even a moderately popular thing, you want to be able to add more servers onto it. And a lot of people don't understand that if you don't have the load balancer there first, that your IP and your domain name point to, when it comes time to add another server, the load balancer is going to have a new IP and you have to change <laughs> all your DNS and your site's going to be broken for longer than it would be if you didn't do that. That's a little bit of minutia, but it's, it's, it's adding it's, more servers. To it's not the minutia anymore because, well, I mean, it is. Let's be honest. But the reality is people get pissed off if things don't come up immediately. Oh, yeah. And if you don't do this, you're, the site's not going to come up. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced this multiple times with, with a lot of my clients. If they uh, pre premiere a new video, boom, site goes down. Mm -hmm. Tour announcement, boom, site goes, site goes down. Why? Because we didn't do any of this stuff. Yeah. Because they didn't understand it. And when I said that we really need to do this, they didn't believe me. So... Yeah, and um, like when you look at the Facebooks and the mm -hmm. Googles, you know, Facebook, this was like two years ago, they're doing 10 million MySQL queries a second. Which is insane. And the horsepower that goes into doing that at scale is mind-boggling. And yeah. how to just make it all work, it's like, it's... It's computer it's above, science it's above at my, the highest level. Yeah, it's above my pay grade. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can build you a, a master-slave, a master-master-slave, you know, I can build... Yeah. I've had 10 server MySQL setups that I've built and run <laughs> that work just fine. Right. But, you know, we were talking about the 100,000 unique visits a day. When you get into the 100 million unique visits a day, it's yes. an order of magnitude harder to Yeah, to and we're talking, you know, server farms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, thousands. Thousands, yes. Yeah, I mean, at Technorati, I think we peaked out at 600 servers. Yeah. So. Well, I found the most interesting thing about all of that and, and trying to explain it, it was like, Somebody said something along the lines of, uh, oh, Facebook had announced they were opening a new server farm in a cold climate because their heating bills or their cooling bills would be less. If we put it yep. somewhere fucking freezing because computers generate heat, I don't know if you people have noticed that, <laughs> then we'll pay less on our bills because yeah. it's already cold. Yep. <laughs> because there's so many fucking servers sitting there to handle all of us putting up our pictures of cats. Yeah. And I like the, the Google one where they were uh, basically building server farms inside of shipping containers. Right. So they could pick up and move <laughs> move the servers That's around. That's pretty damn smart. It was pretty cool looking, too. They did a pretty good job. And, and definitely you should check out the um, the Google Data Center walkthrough video. It's really amazing what they've done. They've got colored pipes going everywhere. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's something to see. We'll put that in the show notes. And by the way, to get to the show notes for Grumpy Old Geeks, go to www.grumpyoldgeeks.com. Or even better, just go to grumpyoldgeeks.com because we don't use the yeah, www, does anymore. www anymore. Thank God. So I kind of want to talk about just general learning now because 
You went to college. I did. And spent a buttload of money. Well, uh, you did, actually, because I was on a free ride, but thank you. Oh, you're welcome, <laughs> asswipe. Uh, so I went to community college, just for photography, mentioned that before. Right. But nowadays, I don't think you even need to go to college, because there's so much online that you can learn for free. Between iTunes U and all of the uh, Khan Academy, and uh, those are just free sites. But yeah. when you want to get into paid stuff, you've got Udemy for, um, you know, uh, expert learning. Right. And I mean, I took the Stanford iPhone programming class um, back in the day, and it was like, it was a pretty good class, and it was free. It's, yeah. I mean, it's the highest rated or the most viewed class on iTunes U, as far as I know. I, I, I tend to agree with you on this one. I mean, I, I did go, I have a four-year degree. I have a dual um, um, dual degree in, in psychology and music recording, um, both of which I somewhat use. I mean, I edit this podcast. I do music for a living, or, well, not really for a living, for fun. I work within music. Uh, so the editing and, and, and the whole music recording thing has served me well. The psychology serves me well in terms of dealing with asshole clients. Um, but I paid, well, I didn't pay, but the government paid a lot of money for me to get that education, a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, and it's astronomical amount of money, well beyond what it ever should be. Yeah. Um, and there are, there's a big debate going on online right now about this, about, about free education as, um, a lot of these, a lot of colleges are putting up their courses now for free. Stanford, uh, UC Berkeley, Duke, MIT, Harvard, UCLA, all of these schools have free courses now, completely free. But the catch is you get no accreditation. But, but who what cares? does that matter? Anymore? Yeah. Well, let me, let me posit a theoretical for you because I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. Okay. Um, all right. There are accreditations that are beyond schooling for certain professions. Say a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Lawyer has to pass the bar. I personally would not care if the lawyer had a degree from a law school. If they pass the bar, that's good enough for me. If the, if the lawyer is self-taught and passed the bar, I'm cool. I'm actually, I'd be cooler with that. I'd be cooler with it too, just because it's interesting. However, a surgeon. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to trust a self-taught surgeon, even <laughs> if they have gone and yeah. passed through the AMA bars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, there are certain, certain things that I want people to be in a school for. This is true. And yes. not sit at home and learn it by themselves. Of course, in, you know, in, in a five years when robots are working on us, it won't matter so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of knowledge work. No, knowledge work completely. I, I agree. But this comes back to something that you and I have talked about a couple times, which is we get upset about how everything is being offered for free. On one hand, I'm, I think it's amazing that all these courses are online for completely free. But don't you think there should be some sort of middle accreditation that may be charged ten grand? You know, that's instead a good, that's of a hundred grand. And I, I'm looking at also if I went to Yale and spent you know two hundred thousand dollars on my education. Yes. And they're giving the classes away to For anybody free. who wants to go. That's a very expensive piece of paper, but and I'd right, be kind of pissed. But right now, there's still a cachet to have to, to walk into an interview and say, mm, "Yes, I have a degree from Yale." Um, that's going to go away. So we're in this weird middle period with education, even right now. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily. Well, actually, let me let me rephrase this. I think all these courses should be out there for free. 
there should be no reason why you and I, if you were interested in something, couldn't log on and go, I'm just going to read this because I think this is cool as fuck. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that myself, not for free, for years. I've been taking UCLA extension courses all the time just on subject matters that interested me. Nothing that had anything to do with my career. I went and took a course on, um, you know, King Arthur and Merlin. And it was fascinating and I loved it. And it was, you know, adult education. And I took it, you know, no credit. So it does, there's no academic record of me taking this course, but it was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I really enjoyed <laughs> it. And I love the fact that all these iTunes U is, is stunning. I, I can, when I sit and look through that, I go down the rabbit hole for hours at a oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can totally get it. And it, it's funny. I was listening to uh, one of Dr. Drew's podcasts, and that's his addiction now is he just gets all these courses from iTunes U. And I do, too. I've been taking tons of philosophy courses. Yeah. It, it's know? awesome. Yeah. It, it's you know, some of it's some of it's a little dense if you haven't taken some of the the prerequisites. Because yes. that's the other thing is you don't need to take prerequisites. Yes, and you can get a little lost. And you don't necessarily have to go through the reading list. Uh, again, what we were talking about earlier, if there's no reason to do something, right, you don't do it. Um, oh, the other the other upside is you don't have to do the fucking homework. Yeah, there's no you <laughs> don't have to homework. fucking do the homework. You, so for that aspect of it, I love that all these classes are being put out online for free it's an amazing thing um but then the other side you know the other argument is people are starting to say well why would you ever pay for college i think there should be a middle ground mm -hmm. um if you are a self-starter and if you are that motivated and that disciplined and you can take these online courses for by yourself there should be some sort of mid-level you're not paying for the whole university experience. You're not putting in the $100,000 to go and do the networking. And let's be honest, a lot of these, your Yales and stuff like that, a lot of it isn't even what you get as an education. It's who you met while you were there. It's networking. Yeah. Um, so why not do a middle ground where instead of it being a ridiculously like $250,000 four-year education at Yale, there's a ten grand one for doing the online stuff and passing... Not not taking tests for every single thing, but at the you know if you like a GED basically. Yes, if you completed X amount of courses, then you take a test proving your knowledge on that, and you get some sort of online accreditation, and then you pay to get that. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think you should run. Take the, the courses for get free. Get out there. Yeah. Hell, you don't even charge. You don't even charge people unless they pass. If they oh. pass the test, then you go. All right. Well, if you want the official accreditation, that means you have to send us ten grand. I like it. I like that. That's a that's a that's a pretty damn good idea. I think so too, and I just came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled it out of your behind. Pretty much. So, and the, the other aspect is um, of, of all this, you know, learning online. That because I'm, I'm a little bummed because I wanted to build this site, but Udemy, U D E M Y, <laughs> right? Um, not you, duh, me. You, duh. Not you, <laughs> not so. This isn't a rap class, exactly. Okay. So, but you can go create create your own class and charge money for it. So, if you have domain knowledge in a specific area, right, you can go in and, and make a class. And I'm looking at those things, and I think that's going to be my side. It's like my side gig, Kickstarter for education. I'm going to start doing all of the really crazy esoteric shit that I've learned in the web business, right, and do just a, a master class. On, on the craziness that it takes to put stuff up, you know? Right. So I, I, I like that idea that you can, you can actually go out and make money off the things that you know. You so know? in the very near future, you might be able to get your own grumpy old geeks degree yeah. from Udemy. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> Not that anybody will pay you for that, but you, hey. you never know. <laughs> My clients pay me. That's enough. <laughs> yes, that's true. 
So, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the, the learning stuff. I mean, there's so many resources out there right now that anybody can just go dig into and learn whatever you want to learn. Yeah. So it's... if you're motivated, there's no excuse not to... Actually, even if you're not motivated, there's no <laughs> excuse. So if you're sitting at home, sitting home alone watching your soaps, can't yeah. figure out why you can't get a job, go <laughs> fucking learn a new skill. No shit. Do a little self-starting. Do a little discipline. Don't sit down and watch the fucking... What's that stupid Charlie Sheen show? That isn't even on anymore. Now it's Aston Kutcher. Whatever the hell that damn show is, or whatever hell your favorite stupid ass show is, you got a fucking DVR. Pause that shit. You're awake. You're alive. Get on iTunes. You find something that interests you, or find something that will make you money and learn it, because you have to keep learning. The world has moved on. This is we're no longer in a place where you get your college degree and you have your job for your life, and that's all you ever need to know. No, it doesn't work like that anymore. You have to keep learning all the time. Today's show is brought to you by Burner, the mobile app that lets you create disposable phone numbers on your iPhone or Android device. Insert joke about the wire here. We know there are plenty of geeks in the audience thinking about all the things you could do with an extra phone number or two. Craigslist, prank calls, extra business line or two. Use it just like your regular number, and if anything, or anyone, starts to get weird, you can just hit a button to burn it and move on. Really? I can call sporting goods stores again and ask them if they have 12-pound balls? I haven't done that since I was, like... Just like when you were a 10-year-old. As a gift, Burner is giving away free credits to GOG listeners. You can download the app from Google Play or the App Store by visiting BurnerApp.com. Once you download, enter the code GRUMPY and you'll get three free credits. This is good for the first 50 users, but once they're gone, they're gone. Have fun, kids. I've been, like, struggling trying to love the Apple podcast app. Because I listen to, I've got 25 podcasts that I listen to religiously. Right. Which is, you know, a ridiculous amount of... That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I just can't. I can't deal with it. It is terrible. (laughs) I like like the reel-to-reel look. It's gone. They took that out. Really? I guess I haven't updated. Yeah, it's been gone. Okay, I still have the the reel-to-reel The new one is better. I mean, it is better. But it is not what I want in in a client. So I dropped some coin... And I bought Downcast. Right. And I've also uh, purchased Instacast, which is another podcast app. But between the two, I have to say Downcast is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Instacast keeps updating fairly recently and charging more for every upgrade. So I've got like version two. Right. And for version three, they made it a whole new app, so it's another five bucks. And, you know, I'm all about improvements and paying for upgrades, but paying the full fare every time they upgrade... I think is a disservice to the people who supported them during their development previously. That's a good point. So I stick with Downcast and I love it. Okay, so let me ask a purely, um, you know, personal question for for our own sakes here. If you subscribe to podcasts in these apps, does that work for the podcasters? Is that showing up on, on Apple as subscribers? No. Okay, so, so that's a if down. If you do use Downcast, <laughs> go to iTunes and click the five stars and leave us a lovely review, please. Yes, we could use that. So. Uh, and I do that for all the podcasts that I listen to. Right. I actually do go to iTunes. So you listen to a, a shit ton of podcasts. Yes. Um, I have a shit ton that I'm subscribed to, which basically I just keep on my desktop computer at home. Uh, but when I'm actually on my phone listening to podcasts, it's a very few select numbers that I drag over when I go ride. So for me... I understand the why you would hate their their native app 
because it does suck. I can imagine if I had anything more than what I wanted to listen to on my bike ride, I would hate that app. So, so what's your question? I thought you had a question. Well, no, the question was about if you listen to podcasts on these paid other apps, did it still affect iTunes, all that sort oh, of yeah, stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like download rates, all the sorts of things that actually that. Apple never really tells us. Anything. No, you don't, you don't, get, you don't so. get download stats because when you click on download, iTunes just hands you over. They're just basically parsing the RSS right. and clicking you out. So we need to run stats on our side, right. which we haven't done yet, which we're working <laughs> on to get very quickly. Yes. Now that we have lovely sponsors, we love you guys, and we want to give them good right. numbers. Um, but the yeah, the experience is completely different. But I don't listen to podcasts on my desktop. Period. Okay. See, if I I'm do. on my desktop, I'm working, and I cannot have somebody else in my ear when I'm working. That's why I said before, I, right. you I have the same, music. Al- the same album that I've listened to for a year on loop, right. which is actually called Endgame. I went back and looked at my iTunes, <laughs> and I looked at the picture, and it's called Endgame by Rise Against. Very nice. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Yeah, and you know, I like dropping developers coin. Uh, I agree, and actually, um, my I don't have an app this week. We've discussed I'm not really an app person, and even though I did apps for the first couple weeks, um, my dislike this week is people that bitch about free services. So, explain. Um, I'm tired of everybody complaining about how they don't like things they're getting for free. I'm tired of the bitching about Facebook. Oh, they're selling our information. Oh, they changed the news feed again. Oh, 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 kvetch, kvetch, kvetch. <laughs> fucking shut the fuck up. It's fucking completely free. You don't pay a dime for it. You don't do anything with it. And it's convinced you that you're a master of the internet. Shut the fuck up. Stop bitching. Stop bitching about Tumblr and how you can't do this or that. Stop bitching about Twitter and how you can't do this or that. Tumblr's got 50 bucks of my money. I can bitch about Tumblr. You paid. You can bitch. Most yeah, people I don't. Bought, I bought premium themes from Tumblr, so... There you go. Yeah. If you're not throwing a dime into something, you don't get to bitch about it. End of story. Okay. So that's my complaint of the week. I can't stand it. I'm fucking tired of it. We've talked about this stuff for ages. We're developers. We work on this stuff. You get what you pay for. If it's free, you don't have a right to complain. If there's an opportunity for you to chip in money, okay, do it. Then you can start complaining. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. And on that vein, we were talking about WordPress a bit ago. We were talking about because, WordPress. Uh, WordPress is free. It is. And people tend to complain a lot. Yes. But it is free. <laughs> it's free, and it, um, it, it's supposed to be easy. And it is. If you want something really, really, really basic. Right. And uh, what people don't understand about WordPress is if you want to go beyond something really, really, really basic, you're going to have to find somebody, somebody who knows how to program in WordPress and modify WordPress and install plugins and create themes and program themes. And keep it updated. And keep it updated. it's a hack target beyond Be- belief. Yes, it's constantly a hack target beyond belief. And that's a never-ending frustration to me because I run some servers and there's WordPress on them. And if I do not religiously follow up with the updates, everything gets fucked up. Yeah. Um, it, it basically, when you look at WordPress, it is free software, but there are so many hidden costs yes. running a WordPress site. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I have used them since... Oh God, forever now. Right. I mean, I I moved from movable type over to over to WordPress. Yes. And one of the frustrations I have is people who want a quick, dirty site, and they say, "Okay, we're going to do it in WordPress," and then it doesn't do what they think it's supposed to do. Right. And then it just turns into a complete clusterfuck. Yes. 
So in that vein, talking about paid software, as much as I hate it, <laughs> Expression Engine is it's 250 bucks, I think. It's or I'd have to look it up again, but it's it's not cheap. Most of the plugins you have to pay for. Right. So you're going to drop. I think the last site I did, we ended up dropping about 600 bucks out of the gate just on software for it. Right. And get it configured. That's not even counting in my cost. But realistically, I mean, 600 bucks, not that expensive. But compared to free. Compared to free. Very expensive. Yeah. And in <laughs> looking at things like, you know, you talked about Drupal before. I, I yeah. Know Drupal's nothing, a nightmare. know nothing about Drupal. But when it comes to, like, administering a mm -hmm. WordPress site for somebody who doesn't know HTML... Going with a platform like Expression Engine, where it's a structured platform, you know, you set up everything the way it's supposed to be, and they can't really screw with it. Right, comes in pretty handy. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm a proponent of building custom systems for myself, um, for my clients, but they can afford that, and yeah. you know, there's all the the benefits of having it be pretty much hack proof and all that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, you know, for cheap and easy, six hundred bucks is cheap and easy for me, but then again, I don't have people coming to me and going, can I have a site for 400 bucks? Yeah. Uh, I can't ever do that. And I can't even do a WordPress site for 400 bucks. And I don't think anybody ever could. The hidden cost is ridiculous. Yeah. Because what you're talking about is everybody just kind of assumes, oh, if I get WordPress, even though I pretty much just know how to do Facebook and Twitter, I'll be able to figure out how to update my own site. No. No. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, you can figure it out. It takes time and it takes their time. No, but you'd have to learn. You'd have to put in some time to actually learn some real skills. Mm -hmm. It's not plug and play. You can't just, it's not some magical engine that will just let you do whatever you want to do, yeah. which is what I tend to get an impression that my clients tend to think it is when they come to me and say, I need WordPress. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, it's, but hey, it's free. It's I'm, free. No, it's free. <laughs> no, I've, I've made a lot of money on WordPress doing those installs, and yeah, I just I, I do wish that people would realize how much more difficult it is to make something out of WordPress than you know meets the eye. Yeah, it, it's a lot more difficult. Yeah, uh, you you have no understanding. I mean, I have a, a friend of mine that is um, trying to learn it right now, mm. just because I said you know she wants some work, and I was like, well, if we we too tend to get a lot of WordPress people figure it out and if you can figure this stuff out I'll toss those jobs over to you because I hate fucking doing them um, and it's a nightmare she's you know, relatively skilled and just not familiar with WordPress and trying to figure out the ins and outs and the plugins and how they relate to the CSS and then the master style sheet and then child themes and yeah. and then if you really wanted to do something complicated or even slightly different from the theme that you got going through and because it's open source who the fuck knows who wrote this theme and how they wrote it and do they follow any standard programming standards? Yeah. Probably not. Not generally. No, it's not. It's yeah. a mess. Then you have to deal with caching because it's such a bloated pig that, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah. And the hacks. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's like how everybody used to write viruses for PCs. And if you had a Mac, you were fine. And it was, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, WordPress is the PC... Of the internet. Oh, it's a huge topic. <laughs> yeah. And since it is open source, I mean, we can go into open source versus closed source, but yeah. um, since everybody has it, they can figure out where the holes are. Exactly. And then they trade those on the black market and everybody's screwed. Yep. So if you do run a WordPress site, kids, keep it up to date. All the time. And that doesn't necessarily mean your theme will still work when you do the update. Good times. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> do you remember the Tim Tim? I think it's Tim, uh, Tim Thumb. The Tim Thumb bug? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one little library that everybody used for thumbnailing, yeah. and it had a vulnerability, so every plugin was screwed. Yep. You know? Yeah. That's kind of one of the dangers of it. So I'm thinking maybe I should go into the business of writing exploits and make my money that way. Mm. <laughs> okay, we're going to the black arts and how to make money on the internet now. <laughs> Sweet. All right, man. I'll see All you right. next week. See you next week. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, for show notes, go to grumpyoldgeeks.com, please, and give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you're feeling generous. If you're liking us, please rate us on iTunes. It does actually matter. And you can get in touch with us at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com. See you next week. See you next week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.